You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Back to the Burn, presented by the PodHub Network. Joining me today from originally from Penn Hills, PA, is a man many of you probably know from Twitter. And if you haven't, I don't know where you've been. Uh, please welcome Joey Bag of Donuts. Joey, what's up? How are you? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. You know, I uh, I, I became friends with Donardo and through uh, the so guys sorry. around. What's that? I, oh, I heard I heard you were friends with Donardo. I said I'm so sorry. Yeah, I know, right? It sucks. <laughs> but I, I got to be friends with him through um, the guys around the 412, and that's how I stumbled upon you a few years ago, and I just you've just grown so much on social media and it's crazy to me just what what's that whole experience been like we'll get into more of it later but i, I just gotta lead off with that like what's that been like it's crazy it's i don't i don't really understand it myself uh <laughs> i i just i describe myself just as like just the guy who tweets a lot and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on Twitter all the time, and it's basically it's it's like another extension of myself. And I I just I just you know it's it's grown to a thing where I get to interact with a lot of people, and it's really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So let's let's uh, talk about your upbringing first. Uh, I was told you were brought up by two uh, immigrants from Italy. What was that yeah. experience like? <laughs> well, um, yeah, my. My mom and dad are from Italy. Um, they they uh, they grew up there, and they left the, they left Italy when they were about in their twenties, um, and they came here and they they stayed with uh, uh, they they already had family here, and so they they stayed with them for a while. But yeah, I mean they're like literally the American dream. They they started with nothing. They saved up their money. Uh, they bought a house. They started a business. They they and they the business was successful for like thirty years. So I mean, they're like the, the living embodiment of the American dream. It's it, it's awesome. And and the weird thing is, they still speak Italian and they still have like ridiculously thick um, Italian accents. Even though they've been they were in Italy like the first twenty years of their life. In the last sixty, they've been here. But still, they 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 still have that really thick Italian accent. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, they're like they're just there's those old Italian people. And uh, yeah, my mom is a cooking fiend. She just cooks like crazy. She's making like a million Christmas cookies now. Um, my dad's retired. He basically his his job right now is just to troll my mom. It's uh, <laughs> she hasn't figured it out yet. That, that he just likes driving her crazy. But you know, yeah. it's a uh, it's it's really funny. So what what kind of business were they in? It was landscaping and um, it was a, a garden center, and okay. I they would sell basically you know, like bushes, plants, trees, flowers, stuff like that. And I basically grew up there. I started working there when I was like six years old, yeah. and I yeah I was basically I was basically I spent all my spare time um, uh, working there and. Um, yeah, it was an interesting childhood. I would I would bring my toys like I, I would you know my my transformers and stuff. I would it was it was basically like I lived there. I was I, I would play with my toys there. I would ride my bike there. I would watch TV TV there. I remember watching you know Saturday morning uh, 
you know, wrestling and Hulk Hogan and stuff like that. So, and, and cartoons and stuff. So yeah, I, I basically lived at this business. Wow. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, I know my, my family, we had our own business at one point too, but it, it, I couldn't work there. I used to go there sometimes, but it was, we did steel <laughs> fabricating. <laughs> so yeah, it's I, hard yeah you know. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't let me weld anything I, they're like, I was <laughs> years old. I'm like let me let me do something let me you know but yeah like <laughs> having a family like that it's literally built themselves up from almost nothing is a pretty pretty amazing now having them being in pittsburgh obviously they're immigrants but in pittsburgh you know pittsburgh's kind of a melting pot of its own had they developed any sort of Pittsburghisms, like Yinzerisms? Uh, if so, what you're shaking your head no, so I assume no. Not at all. Really? Not That's at kind all. Of, that kind like, of amazes me. They are, they, they, they it's, it's like they never left Italy. They have that wow. sick Italian accent. They don't sound American at all, which I'm the exact opposite. If I go to, <laughs> like, if, if, I, if I went to, I spent a few days in North Carolina. I started talking like them. I'm like, a, I'm like an accent chameleon, yeah. but they nothing. And, and you know, the funny thing is my dad hates the Steelers really? because oh, for, for a business reason, because um, basically any time, basically any Sunday afternoon, anytime the Steelers are playing all businesses, unless you're like a sports bar or something like that, you're getting shut down because everybody's watching the Steelers game. And yeah. He hated that. So, oh. <laughs> he is a little kid growing up loving the Steelers and him like rooting against them. That, that just annoyed me so much as a kid. But, but yeah, he, my parents just, just, it's, it's, it's like, it's like they never left Italy with their, with their, uh, with the way they talk. Wow. That's crazy. That, that, Cause it is such a melting pot. I feel like our accents are just, just that the result of the melting pot, <laughs> you know, I feel like that's why we say Warsh and Yins and G jet and, Stuff like that. <laughs> it, is, it is amazing that, yeah, we have so many awesome, you know, ethnic groups in, in here. And we, have, you know, we get through the benefit of all those. I mean, it, you know, Little Italy's awesome. And we get, you know, we're known for pierogies and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's really cool that we get, like, the, you know, the, the best of all of those things. Yeah, absolutely. So, now moving on, uh, in high school, were you much of an athlete? <laughs> no. No. I did nothing. Um, those kind of tied into uh, the, the uh, my parents' business. They needed me to work, so yeah. I couldn't be. Um, I wanted to play football, and they wouldn't let me. Sometimes I would like sneak off to play like pickup games and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't really play sports much. Now I would go to the games. I I I, um, I went to school in Penn Trafford, and they're the Warriors. And they were green and gold that we would paint our faces and, and stuff like that. And they, they, they had this, uh, this giant bell that you would ring when there was a touchdown. So I was like on the, on the bell crew. Um, oh, awesome. So I would, I would go to all the games, but yeah, I never, I never really participated in any sports. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, did you end up going to college? Like, I don't, obviously I know you from Twitter. I don't know you from your profession, but <laughs> did you go to college and have you made a career out of whatever that was? I went to Pitt. Um, okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why, but when I was a kid, I, I, I think I blame Dan Marino. 
I became obsessed with the University of Pittsburgh, and I still am for some silly reason. I don't even know why. <laughs> it's just one of those things that get like burned in your brain as a kid or something like that. Always loved the University of Pittsburgh, and I um I, I went there for electrical engineering, and I got a degree. And I don't do anything with electrical engineering now. Uh, I, I'm, you know, my my regular job isn't with an IT company. Um, but yeah, um, and I was a, a teacher part time, like at a, at a um, like at a, at a community college, which was a lot of fun. Uh, it kind of kind of got me out of my shell and got me to be more of a um, I don't want to call you an entertainer, but it probably led to my uh, podcasting career that's for sure yeah so let's talk about that where did you find like the interest to be like build a podcast or even build a social media platform where did that come from the social media stuff just started I, you know i just took the twitter i think i, I started there uh, 2009 2010 something around about 10 years ago okay and i you just started you know, interacting with people and building relationships and stuff. And, and, you know, uh, I, you know, I just, you know, I think I'm, because I'm on it so much and I, I, you know, tweet so much and I use it so much that, and it just becomes, it, it just became like a bigger thing. It just, it just snowballed. Uh, and yeah, I, I, there's just a lot of, you know, I just get to interact with a lot of people. It's really cool. But um, the podcast thing started a couple of years ago. Actually, our buddy Donardo, he's he cre he created this monster. Yeah, um, <laughs> he had me on his podcast, and I said to myself, "Oh my god, this is the coolest thing ever! I want to do this all the time." And I, I yeah. was like a guest. I was like a guest on a couple other podcasts, and it's like, "Oh my god, this! I want to do this all the time. I love his podcast stuff." And then it, it kind of, you know, it just wasn't enough, you know, being on somebody's podcast like once a month or every few weeks or something like that. It's not enough. So it's like, you know what? I think I'm going to have my own podcast. And I asked a couple friends as um, if they would like to do a podcast with me. And they said, no. And I said, oh, okay. I was like, there's no way I could do a podcast by myself. So I'm just, you know, forget about it. Yeah. And, uh, and my friends encouraged me and, um, uh, they they kept encouraging me and it was around like when the Steelers were about to start like in like their training camp and I said you know what it's now or never so I decided yeah. to try it and it was a, such a learning experience getting a podcast going creating one um getting it published you know all that stuff I had no idea that was such a learning experience um you know it was just it was just fun to, to figure out and yeah now I'm uh and, and yeah, now I'm like what uh, four. I think I'm uh, just finished finished episode four eleven. So yeah, um, I I used I did it a lot. I used to do it a lot more. Sometimes there were some weeks I would do like seven or eight episodes a week, and wow. just do it all the time. And it it got to be a little bit much, and it also got to be a bit much with with the family. They were they weren't real <laughs> happy that I was spending all this time doing it. So I've cut back a little bit. I do like two maybe three episodes a week uh but yeah it's it's been a lot of fun and i've got to meet talk to so many people my i think my biggest guest was sally wiggin i cannot believe i got to talk to her that's <laughs> and, pretty awesome yeah and and i'm just 
you know, I'm always amazed that people say yes that they want to talk to me. I'll, I mean, you you've had some awesome guests too. It's like yeah, and the, so, the one some of the ones I've gotten, I'm like, whoa, like yeah, I can't believe they yeah, said like, yes. Like well, we yeah, were talking like, beforehand, Selena Pompiani. I was I just threw a threw a bone out. You know, I was like, okay, see if this works. And she got back to me right away. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 so cool. It's, it's it's you know, and it's funny because, like, I don't know, like, like there's certain people, like, like when I asked Sally Wigan, I got no response for like four or five days, and I figured, oh, she she probably doesn't want to, and then and then she responds yes, I'm like, oh my god, so you yeah, know, <laughs> I'm you know, people like me that are on there, you know, twenty four seven that don't sleep and they're on Twitter all the time, you know, don't understand when people check in to their social media only like yeah, once a exactly. day and something like that like what what is this like like i just talked to um uh jenna harner from uh from uh wpxi and and she was like that she's like, like each day she would re we would have a, a continue our conversation but she would only respond like once a day i'm like is this really gonna happen and it, i mean it turned out it, it did and it was it was awesome it's like boy it's it's just it's just like how are these how are these people they only check their social media once a day what are, what are these weirdos yeah i know like it, i feel like people like us and like people that do podcasts and keep up with pop culture and media and all this stuff we don't really realize there's normal people out there <laughs> there's normal people that aren't on their phone looking for the next big thing and looking for what's popular and you know i it's hard to realize but that's we're we're special you know, <laughs> to be able to be looking at our phones for so long <laughs> and still yeah. be watching the, in the world. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's weird. And you know, it, it's funny. I'm sure you've heard people say, I'm taking a break from social media. I'm done with this. I'm leaving. And then, you know, two hours later they're back or something like that i know that i'm going to be back i've tried exactly. i've told that stuff before it's like i'm leaving goodbye you know the big dramatic i was like nah, i'm back yeah, um yeah. La last night with the steelers uh game i, I it, it got a bit much when the steelers are losing so bad and stuff and i i had to i did take a break i did take a walk outside i took the dog for a walk and just walked around the neighborhood for a few minutes so yeah. just to clear my head so yeah there are times i need to get the heck away from it but um for the most part yeah i've, I've just had a really uh, awesome experience uh on, on twitter yeah, I'd say for myself, you know, sometimes I don't realize I'm taking a small break. Like, I'll just, you know, I'll be like, oh, I haven't looked at my phone in like three hours. Like, that's weird, you know. <laughs> but uh, for me, usually I try not to tweet during Steeler games because I want to be as focused as possible. But then I got like the family group chat is texting about the game and somebody else is texting me about the game. So then it's like, I'm on my phone, might as well go to social media, <laughs> you know. See, for me, I mean, I think I, I, I think I asked this question like a, a week ago, like, do, like, do you do you tweet during games and stuff? And I think it was like 50 percent do and 50 percent don't. To me, it's it, it adds to it to see what exactly is going on, especially some of the people that some, some of the people in the know, some of the experts see what they're you know, what they say or is going on and stuff. But mostly it's just insane reactions <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's always something that goes on that just that just people go crazy over it's it's uh it's never dull when there's a Steeler game on on twitter yeah so um speaking of social media you know who are some of your favorite people to interact with either famous or not famous or 
just a Steeler fan that you found, who who do you love to interact with? There's so many. There's there's so many. <laughs> Trying um, to put you on the spot there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's just there's just so many. I I can't even I can't even name them all. But uh, I have I have a grace. You know, I I have my favorites. I have people that I like to talk to all the time. Um, that's another thing is there's a lot of oh my god Rocky Blyer responds to me sometimes and he doesn't realize he probably thinks he's just replying to some schmuck or something like that yeah that makes my week when he ever or when you know certain famous people or something you know like what I'm uh you know what I tweet or whatever it's like oh my god like like that is to me one of the coolest things on Twitter there's no way on earth you know before social media I could you know call Rocky Blyer up and say, Hey, what's going on, man. But, but I get, you know, we could have a conversation on, on, on Twitter. It's, it's the coolest thing. So yeah, maybe, you know, maybe someday I'll, I'll get to talk to him on a, on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I would love to do. Rocky is my favorite Steeler of all time. That helmet back there that's signed by him. I got a Jersey signed by him. He's my favorite of all time. So that's somebody who in the future I'm hoping to have on this podcast for sure. I'll bet it's going to happen. I hope so, man. But um, uh, what was I going to say? It was going to keep within the social media realms. I guess we could talk about YouTube. Um, I was told that you used to put your mom's cooking videos on YouTube. Yeah. um, She is an amazing cook, as evidenced by my my weight. But – (laughs) <laughs> she um she has no recipes okay it's all in her head she's one of those old italian ladies that cook a bunch of stuff and you ask her well how did you make this it's a little bit of this a little bit of that and and so what i decided to do was you know it's like you know what i'm gonna put some i'm gonna make a video i'm gonna go to their house while she's cooking and i will document this so you know maybe someday i'll learn how to do this myself or something like that and what it turned into was a uh my dad it was basically see if you didn't know my parents or maybe maybe all maybe most italian families are like this they're very loud and my mom and dad if you didn't know them you'd think that they like are like horrible enemies that they want to kill each other (laughs) all they do is yell at each other all the time and it's it's the funniest thing uh but but you know so i would do these videos and my dad would just be there trolling her and <laughs> she hated it so much. She just wanted to show how she cooked stuff. And my dad's just there egging her on. It's just, it was just the funniest thing, but she kind of caught on and she kind of like didn't want him to be involved. Yeah. So, yeah, so I have to, I just thought that, but yeah, I, I, I would love to do that again. But, um, and that was another thing is it was just fun trying to figure out because usually, you know, I figured out how to do, editing with audio and usually on podcasts or audio but doing video editing is a whole different thing and it was a lot of fun trying to figure out i think trying to do that and you know i'm i'm a i love technology and i try to you know it's really hard to do something like that on windows but it was super easy to do like on a mac or an ipad or or, or stuff like that so um so that that 
that made me end up buying a whole bunch of uh, stuff. But still, uh, it's, it was it was a lot of fun learning how to edit. So yeah, I would love to uh, do more of those videos. But my my mom kind of caught on that she, she doesn't want my dad involved. She wants she wants it to be she wants it to be serious. And, yeah. and what she doesn't understand is her yelling her her and her, my dad yelling at each other are like one of the best things about the video. But yeah, she, so she wants it to be about cooking comedy. It's it's so comedic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, um, I want to talk to you about your collection there you got behind you. When exactly did you start collecting? So when I was, I, I, I went to University of Pittsburgh and I started at University of Pittsburgh at Greensburg. That was my first couple of years. And in Greensburg, there was this car, uh, this, uh, this baseball card store. And I would go there all the time and I would, I would get a whole bunch of baseball cards. So I have a whole bunch of cards, but these are, so, so a lot, and, but a lot of it is just stuff I've accumulated over the years, but really in the past like nine months, I've really uh, uh, started collecting a lot more things because, you know, just, just like a lot of people, um, everything changed in March. Yeah. Um, you know, I would, I, I worked in, uh, in Robinson and, you know, I would drive to work every day and stuff. And then, you know, everything happened. And so I said, we're all working from home now. So I was not prepared for that at all. So I, um, I basically went into the basement and which is basically the man cave. And, um, you know, I started to make it quote unquote my home because um, my, I, you know, I had to come from, uh, I, I had to, to go work at home. My daughter was a, a senior in high school. She had to do schooling from home. And my wife, where, where she worked, she had to work from home also. So we all took like various parts of the house and made them like <laughs> our, our offices and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I just, to, just to make myself feel at home, I accumulated some things. Uh, one of the things I did, I don't know if you can see this, it's uh, my, my starting lineup collection. Um, okay. Um, just uh, like those '90s starting at, uh, lineup figures, um, I love that. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of it is just you know, yeah. I, I love I I love uh, Pittsburgh sports. I have a little section of uh, stuff for the office. I got um, stuff. I got some Seinfeld stuff um, to celebrate. I've got a uh, I got a wrestling championship belt because. Um, to signify because i got the um i won best uh twitter best local pittsburgh uh, twitter account yeah yeah so, so i like to think of myself as the man so yeah it, and a lot of it is just just a lot of stuff that i um uh, uh, just got just to make myself feel at home and uh you know make it a little bit easier to uh basically spend all my time in one place instead of yeah, uh, absolutely outdoors yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I can relate to that because I had to move out to New Jersey for work. And now that's why, like, you know, quarantine, you know, I wasn't working as many hours and I didn't know what to do with my money because I was still working, fortunately. And I was like, well, I don't have much Pittsburgh stuff with me here. So why not start buying all this stuff? I got jerseys that are framed back here that I had on the wall of my old apartment. And it's, it's really just like, I feel like a lot of people don't understand collecting and how it's really just an extension of yourself and trying to make yourself feel like you're in an environment that's, that I guess just is for you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You want to make it your just your thing. It's it's this is my uh, fortress of solitude. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so you mentioned wrestling a little bit. Were you a big wrestling fan back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. I when I started following wrestling i was about like eight nine years old and it was that was like the start of hulkamania yeah like in the, in the mid 80s and i would watch uh, dusty roads and all that stuff and i became um in the 90s i became kind of obsessed with it because of the uh, the the wrestling observer newsletter um the internet was kind of a thing back then but, you know not too much like in the early 90s but there were still there were, there were some things but still you know just finding out like the behind the scenes things of, of wrestling really interested me because sometimes the behind the scenes stuff is way more better than what's going on actually in in the ring and then when the 90s came in the the, the attitude era and the, the monday night wars that was like so amazing i would i would go to things all the time oh and i would go to ecw shows in um in either ross draver or in beaver at the yeah. uh, the golden dome and that was just it was just so fun ecw there were literally no rules they were literally it was literally bring your own weapon night you would bring a weapon and you put it in a dumpster and then they would bring the dumpster out and they would beat each other over the head with the things that you brought. Like, like yeah. there's no way that would fly today. There's no. No way, there's no way they would have bring your own weapon night. So yeah, uh, no, ECW was really what got me into wrestling. And I, I didn't get into wrestling until like the mid 2000s because I'm, I'm a little younger and I started watching ECW on sci-fi and I'm like, these dudes are awesome. <laughs> like they're just beating <laughs> each other. The uh, who was a Sandman would make himself bleed before every match. Right. I'm like these guys are insane, and I, that's what got me into it. Then I started watching Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown. That's how I got into wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I watch it now. It's it's different. I I, I basically took like a ten or fifteen year break in the mid two thousands. I feel a lot and of I started, <laughs> Yeah, and I started again like about five years ago. So I mean, I still watch it now. Um, I really, it's you know, there's there's certain things I, I really like. You know, the Wednesday night stuff. I, I really like AEW and what NXT is doing. But yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. Still still watching wrestling. Yeah. So um, oh what. What was your favorite era? Because, you know, you have the Attitude Era. You have the era of ruthless aggression. You have all these eras in WWE. What would you say is your favorite? To me, Attitude Era was was number one. It was just so amazing. You know, it's funny when I see now what they call it, the Wednesday Night War, you know, AEW and NXT. It's like, this is not not the thing. It's not even close. They're not trying to put each other out of business. Back then, back in the Attitude Era, they, those companies were literally trying to take each other out. It was yeah. absolutely amazing. They did, you know, they, they would do things like, you know, Rick Rude would would show up, but he would he would be on a tape thing of Raw, and then he'd be the very at the same exact time, you know, WCW would steal him, and he'd be on a, on an episode of Nitro Live or something like that. Yeah, crazy things like that. But it was just so much fun going to shows. And, I mean, and to me, I mean, I, I, sometimes I sound like you know an old funny daddy or something like that but it was just so much better back then the 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 wrestlers the stars you know all the i mean just so many of them but it was also fun just going to the shows 
it, it was just you know everybody had a sign remember everybody had held that sign i had i had some uh, crazy sign i had a sign that said uh, gold dust is my mom i remember that <laughs> but uh, but it was it, it was so much fun and you know i went to a taping of monday night raw a few years ago and it was just not as much fun because to, to me what bothers me about monday night raw is just it's, it's so long it's way too long to me it's like, like what, two hours, hours now it's three hours yeah yeah two, two hours is a good um, two hours is a good amount of time three hours is way too much i'm like this how, is, how can you this, fit anything into three hours you know it's just way it's too just, drawn out it was you know like i remember getting to the arena at, at like six you wait till seven and they do like dark matches the thing started at eight it was over by 11 i didn't get home till 1 a.m i'm like geez this is this is like on a monday on a monday too like right yeah exactly exactly like all all this on a monday night and like yeah and then you have to go to work the next day it's like i don't know it just wasn't as much fun yeah so i got a question for you because it was something that uh I, I had learned about, I didn't really know about it. I should have, but I learned about it through some friends at work and that's the Montreal screw job. What are your thoughts on that? It, it's funny now. I, I don't think, you know, at the time, I, I guess something like, you know, if something like that happened now, I don't think anybody would care. Like if, you know, because, because apparently Bret Hart refused to give up the title where yeah. they wanted. So they were afraid that he was going to take the belts and take it to WCW. And Bret Hart says, Oh, I'd never do that. It's like, are you kidding? They would, I mean, he, maybe he, they would, he would never do that. Or he said he would never do that, but they would love if, because they did that with, uh, with what's her name? Alunda uh, Blaze. She took the WWF women's title and threw it in the garbage. And that basically ended, you know, women's wrestling in, in WWF at the time. So, you know, it would have it would have destroyed the WWF if Bret Hart did do that. So I totally understand it, and you know whether it had it was at the time WWF was just getting destroyed, absolutely destroyed by WCW because WCW just brought in the New World Order and they were changing everything. It was it was you know this it great amazing change. And WWF just, you know, they were still doing their stu- their old stupid things. So, you know, and and, and I'm sure that they, you know, if WWF didn't adapt, they would they would have gone out of business. But that Montreal Screwjob changed everything because it it basically made it made a character out of Vince McMahon, whether he wanted it or not. Yeah. Um, you know, it made. Um, it, it just it, it made everything it just it basically set everything in motion for the attitude era and it basically saved wwf so whether they wanted to or not they it it, it changed everything and it was amazing so uh, i just remember at the time you know it happened um you know the the wrestling observer newsletter was just going crazy with all the details and stuff and it was just it was just fascinating to see what was going on uh behind the scenes and yeah, it's. I mean, we, you know, we, we still talk about it today. Every every November, everybody still talks about it. So it was it was a major event. Yeah, I, I just I needed to get your opinion on it because you lived through it, and I mean, I hear about it all the time, and I just needed someone who lived through that era to tell me their account of it. 
So thank it was you. just, it, it was, it was huge. It was, it was, it was this big, it was one of the biggest things that ever happened in wrestling. And it just, it set us in, whether they wanted to or not, it set in motion a whole bunch of things and it all, you know, all turned out good. It, it, you know, I, people criticize Vince McMahon, you know, now for the way he handles things, but Hey, it's working, you know, it's, it's, it's a billion dollar business. And uh, so you know, it's whatever he's doing is working, but, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's able to adapt to what's going on. But, and, and that's, that was the key back then is just, just, you know, changing things up. Yep. So now to uh, wrap this all up and come full circle, you got to throw out the first pitch at PNC park last year, not last season, but last year, how did that come about? And what was that experience like? <laughs> uh <laughs> So I don't know why, but I've become friends with the fine folks at Sheets. Awesome. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I know, it's never a bad sure. thing. <laughs> I'm not sure why. I mean, even even uh, last week they sent me a box full of um these they're, they're gobs. They're they're these chocolate oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sandwich things with cream in them. Um that's it it's just one of the people that, that that i interact with is you know is is the sheets account and we, we we go back and forth and you know they messaged me and said hey we're having sheets night at the at the ballpark and we want you to throw out the first pitch <laughs> now i thought it would be you know like sometimes you know how you have the first pitch it's like oh here's a group of people and either there's like 10 people yeah, it's like out the, the honorary pitch the first, first pitch and stuff like that yeah right no it was too. just me <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. I didn't practice throwing or anything like that. And I'm down on the, I'm down on the field, and I'm like, okay, this is cool. I mean, it's you know, this is like, I don't know, half hour, hour before the game. There's not too many people there. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then when it happens, oh my god, it just hit me. I am in front of thousands of people and they are watching me about to throw a ball and yeah. I haven't even practiced. I was scared to death. <laughs> I've never been so scared in my life. It's, I threw like the worst ball. It wasn't like 50 Cent or Dr. Fauci bad. Like at least it was straight. Yeah. But I think it went like <laughs> 10 feet or something like that and just bounced to the guy. It was just like one of the worst things ever so it was an amazing experience it's something i'll always remember but man that was terrifying <laughs> was yeah i feel like, like wow i feel like that's something that as a fan you don't really realize how hard that would be until you do it like i played baseball all my life until high school but to go on an mlb mount and as you said realize there's thousands of people watching you I don't think anybody would be able to throw a perfect strike. A, a normal person would be able to throw a perfect strike. So at Carnegie Science Center, they, I don't know whether they still have it or not, but they had this, uh, I think it's called SportsWorks or something like that. And one of yeah. the things they have is a, basically, it's kind of like a batting cage thing where you could try, it's basically get on the mound and throw a strike. I was there for an hour one time. I could not throw a strike to save my life. Not even close. Yeah. So, I, I so, so I knew I wasn't gonna throw it well, but I still wanted to do something. But yeah, it was so it was so intimidating. Yeah. Such an amazing experience, but also terrifying as heck. Yeah, I got one more question. I just thought of it before we get out of here. 
you mentioned you have a daughter in high school. She's a senior in high school. And, you know, kids these days are all over social media. How does she feel about having a dad who's pretty prominent on Twitter? It, it, like, do you guys interact at all? Do you get into each other's lives on social media? Nah, she's weird. She's, uh, she's, <laughs> she's, my wife and daughter have nothing to do with Twitter. They don't know anything about it. it and it's funny because sometimes people will like, know me or recognize me or stuff like that and they'll say they, they, they think of me as a celebrity which is the, the, the stupidest thing ever but anyway <laughs> like they don't understand why people would you know it's like why were you talking to jenna harner from wpx like they don't understand <laughs> that i that, it's like a whole separate life that they don't even know about um my my daughter she has her own social media thing i think she's mostly on instagram or snapchat or something like that which i you know like oh, i'm just all about you know twitter i really don't yeah. do much other stuff so yeah we don't do any <laughs> we don't do any of that stuff we we, we don't um she she knows nothing about what I do, and and it's funny because I'm basically, I, I you know so I I'm because of, because of Twitter and stuff I'm I'm aware of like all the memes and stuff. So sometimes I'm telling her things that yeah. even she doesn't even know about. Like like uh, like you're supposed to know this stuff. You're the teenager in your kid. Um, yeah. But yeah. And, um, but yeah. I'm you know and. You know, I, I I get involved in things like you know, like when she she went through her One Direction phase. So you know, we would I would take her to concerts and stuff. She's a big one Taylor Swift fan, so I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the I'm the one that told her that Taylor Swift dropped an album uh, last. Week. <laughs> so I was I was very happy to uh, to break that news to her. So it's yeah, I basically. I, I like to say I basically have the brain of a seventeen-year-old. So sometimes she, sometimes I'm she's way more mature than me. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. It seems like in your own household, you're you're like that new meme where there's the guy at the party. He's like nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows I have almost thirty thousand Twitter followers. Right. That's, that just seems like that's your life. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They're they're like like really people know you like. Yeah, some people know me. <laughs> <Kinda>. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Joey, thank you for joining Back to the Berg this week. It was a really fun conversation, and I, I enjoyed it a lot. Maybe we can get you back on sometime. Oh, I love that. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This was awesome. Yeah, no problem. I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it.